Well, that's simply not true, uh, Spence. 713-780-ESPN. What does C.J. Stroud give you, the Texans fan base? 713-780-3776. Lamont tweeted at us a bit a little ago. He said, I am so, not saying that word, laughing at seeing Branham's perception change as we go through this season. Look, I'm the first one to admit, my perception has changed a ton. That's because you have a quarterback. That's what a quarterback does. A franchise quarterback brings to a city change of perception. I didn't think the Houston Texans would be very good this year. I heard uh, Brian McDonald uh, Friday. What was BMAC doing? He was ho- he was producing. What show was he producing? Us? No, it, was, it wasn't you guys, I don't think. He did Us and Beard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was the show before. I didn't listen to y'all. Um, nice. I was Thanks. in the air. It wasn't personal. Um, but I do. I did say it for the joke. But uh, Brian said that there's a host at this station who didn't think the Texans were going to win six games. Now he thinks they're going to be division champions. May have been talking about me. May have been talking about others. I don't know. I definitely was in that you know, pocket of people. I think a lot of people were, quite frankly. But why, why did I have that change of perception? Because of C.J. Stroud. A franchise quarterback makes you think entirely different about your NFL team. Look, the bottom line is I said that they were going to win four games this year. I, I just didn't think their roster was there yet. And part of it was whether I believed in C.J. Stroud or anybody else on this roster long-term or not, Past precedent shows you rookie quarterbacks fail miserably in their first year at the helm. And then when you look at how young and inexperienced and how bad this roster has been last year, the year before, the year after before that, even leading into this season, no matter how many draft picks they had, the logical, honest choice to make for me when looking at this team was they're not there yet. But the easiest way to kind of take that step above and change my opinion will show that the guy at the helm in the most important position in sports knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't think he was going to get it right away, and he's proved me wrong. You you know the saying, and I'm sure you've used it being from uh, from Wisconsin, that I I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as quickly Mm -hmm. as I could. That's how I feel about the 2023 Houston Texans. I wasn't on board with the 23 Texans whenever I was born at the start of this football season, but I got here as quickly as I could. That's how I feel about the Texans. Why? Mostly C.J. Stroud, but also competent coaching. Like the Miko Ryans, yeah, I thought he was outcoached by uh, Steichen in week two, but he's responded. They looked organized. They looked on time. They looked prepared. Slowick. He put up 30 points yesterday against the Steelers with Austin Deculus playing left tackle. How many OCs in football are going to do that? How many OCs in football aren't going to surrender a sack the last two weeks with a patchwork offensive line? Now, a lot of credit to C.J. Stroud on that front as well, but that's part of the equation. They put 450 yards up on the Steelers. Like and I didn't else, see it coming. I thought they were going. I thought they were going to lose by four points, and I think I said twenty-one seventeen. No and, one saw this coming, and and, and I thought it, the main reason was that their defense was really, really good with those two pass rushers, and that offensive line was really, really bad and got worse. So the logical thing to say to for me to look at was they're going to not give you the opportunity to do whatever you want to do, and it was the exact opposite. Austin Deculus, who if I I would say would never start an NFL game in his career. No knock on him, Cy Fair, Bobcat fight, never die. Tip my cap to you. You played your tail off yesterday. Uh, Garen Christian was also playing about half the snaps at left tackle, so they were rotating a left tackle with a dude they signed off the street in Austin Deculus. Their left guard was Kendrick Green, who the Steelers wanted no part of and looked like he got hurt, unfortunately. Their center is Jarrett Patterson, who was a sixth rounder. Like, how is this offensive line protecting for a rookie quarterback to the tune of 30 points and 450 yards. That is stupid. And that's what Shaq Mason getting back-to-back penalties, too. Not looking like 
who he normally is for you. And George Fant's playing right tackle. Like, how is this offensive line producing 450 yards and 30 points? It should not happen, especially with a rookie quarterback. You scored on six drives. You scored on six of your ten drives, and you left meat on the bone. How? And your running game, which had been pretty non-existent, was good, which is another credit to that offensive line. It feels surreal, doesn't it? Like, 8693, all this Texans hype feels really weird. It's definitely warranted, but I'm not used to it. I'll be honest with you. I feel like I'm living in a dream right now, like glorifying the Houston Texans offense. They scored 30 points against the Steelers, 451 yards with a patchwork offensive line because of a rookie quarterback and offensive coordinating brilliance. It feels fake. It feels fake. It's like when the super hot chick really likes you and is really over the top for you, and you're like, hey. I still don't know how or why, but this is awesome. I'm loving every bit of it. It's so weird. Yeah, everything was just. I really like the way you, they use Damian Pierce. Like this new, yeah. like like they're doing like the toss yep. as he's like running to the line of scrimmage with like a full head of steam, mm-hmm. and not just doing a traditional handoff. A little cutback like, like action. The running game looks so much better. He looks so smooth the whole game. Singletary filled Singletary, in well. Singletary good. Like I, the, the only like thing I don't understand. I need someone that's more intelligent. Like, maybe just Frank Ross to explain to me why they switch off the punt returners and kick Oh, I can tell you, because I'm intelligent. I don't get it. Well, I, I I've think... I've never seen some, a team do that before. I, it's deep and short. Like, whenever they, they're going to bomb... Whenever you feel like the opposition punter is going to bomb a punt, you, you want your there. return guy. You want your return guy. When you feel like a punter is going to try to get hang time, pin you back deep, you want your better hands in that spot okay. so they don't muff it, they don't fumble. And Tank had a muff yesterday. I think Tank was very good in the return game yesterday. Muffed one, ran into his own guy. I didn't think that was very good. So that's the reason. Tank is their long guy, return guy, and then Woods is kind of their hands guy. Okay. I don't know the words that they use. That it, makes sense. Yeah, I also heard them talk about it a little bit before the uh, week one. But like, there's everything about this team looks so good. The offensive line, it's just it, it's it's all of the above. It's not just them. It's not just CJ. It's not just Slowick. Like they're handling their own too. And even the plays when TJ would, would get by someone, like Pierce would be there for the chip, or there'd be another guy. Like they they played so perfectly again this weekend against elite elite talent well that's what i was mentioning too whether it was the tight end in motion whether they were you know whether they were using the fullback however they chose to do it they found a second body to help out especially on watt so that cj didn't face a a, a ton of pressure and and so he was capable of doing what they wanted him to do and i thought that was all on slowick seven one yeah so i thought slowick Coach's tell off yesterday. Like he he was really good yesterday. I, I had some. Re, I was reserved on Slowick after game one, game two. One eighty on that too. I think that they got the right dude. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Speaking of Lamont, let's go back to the HRMP listener line. Lamont, you're in the hive. Hey man, uh, uh, I'll get to this real quick. I have two quick points. Uh, uh, first of all, and I wasn't even I wasn't even calling about this, but I kind of had a feeling that that. Pierce would have a good day uh, yesterday because I looked up Pittsburgh's uh, 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 the Steelers defense and uh, what stood out to me was they run defense is awful, man. Uh, they have one of the worst run defenses. Uh, I know that we all got this mystique of the Steelers and JJ Watt and High, uh, uh, not JJ but TJ Watt and High Tower being you know these Steelers guys, but they run defense is awful, man. But what I uh, what I am calling in about. Is CJ Stroud. And one attribute that I've been thinking that's being missed, uh, uh, and I looked at this game yesterday, I was like, he doesn't have a favorite target. This is not Max Schaub going to Andre Johnson. This is not uh, uh, the pervert going to uh, Hopkins. Massage parlors. He, he's, all, 
Yeah, he's all over the field. Uh, 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 so you just can't really lock in on one person. Uh, uh, yep. Last week it was last week it was Tank Dale. Hey, yeah. This week it was. Uh, 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 this week it was uh, Nico Collins. Uh, so you really can't lock in on him. Uh, and I know eventually, uh, you know, they're going to probably get a receiver. They're going to probably get a receiver that's going to be the, uh, uh, you know, Prima Donna or, or something like that. But as of right now, this dude is spreading the ball all across the field. Even a big white boy uh, 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 from Dallas got a uh, catch up face. I'm out. Appreciate Lamont. He, he did. He had a couple catches. He caught yeah, one from his running back, and yes, then Stroud. That might have, Stroud made two throws yesterday. That I was like, oh, man, the Nico Collins touchdown, which was the popular one, but the little Is that the one at the end. Yeah, the touchdown. Yeah, that he on the run. Was he on his run? I thought you stepped into the pocket, he made stepped, a sharp throw. He was kind of running a little bit to the right, and then just went over the top and just put it. That was what I was we talking might be about thinking, earlier. We might be thinking different plays. I don't think that the touchdown one he was on the move, but then the, the seam route to Dalton Schultz, like yeah. the timing on that, that was, was perfection. And then like the timing was perfect, and then the layer of it was perfect, just over the top of the defense. If he was a second too early, it gets broken up by the dude in front. If it's a second too late, it gets broken up by the safety. It was just like, this is a seasoned professional. This is ridiculous. You shouldn't get this in game four. That one, I think it was, it was third down. They had been trying to run the ball late in the game. And the way he just moved the pocket, whether it was completely on the run or not, he's moving, he's sliding to his right. And then the touch he had to put on that ball again, like you said, to layer it over the top, but drop it so you catch the receiver in full stride right over his shoulder where he did, literally didn't have to do anything but just put his hands up. Was just it was the perfect pass, and I was that was the eye opener for me. I was like, "Oh man, this kid's ability to put the ball where it needs to be is a lot better than I thought it was." That's what they call him coming out of school, right? The uh, the ball placement specialist, and he's living up to all of that. Uh, Ar Platinum, I'm giving Texans a ten and seven record in division win based on schedule. Tempted to go higher. Weird to have hope again. It is. It feels weird to have this. It feels fake. To be sitting here talking about, oh, our quarterback's top 10 in the NFL. Oh, we have a coaching staff that looks legit, and they're organized, and they know what they're doing, and they come out prepared. They score touchdowns in their opening drives, and they allow, a, maybe it's a bad offense, not to score a touchdown. Like, who was the better coaching staff yesterday? Was well, it D'Amico's no staff, or was it, staff, or was it Tomlin staff? And Canada's getting just destroyed in yep. Pittsburgh, because yeah, I can understand why. Oh um, no, Kenny Pickett stinks. Kenny Pickett stinks, but he's a top George, twenty-five quarterback got, in the world. Yeah, George Pickens. Like, were people po- not going bullish. to a first down after a three-yard catch? What are yeah, we I saw doing? That. I saw that. <laughs> like, what are we doing? That's not on Canada. That's just terrible. Were people not bullish about Pickett though? Like his his expectations after his rookie year? I think they were. Yeah, because they like, were. And, they played well at the end of the year. And and what did Pickett do last year that CJ Stroud hadn't in his first four games? Like that's the thing. Like people, oh, you are being way too lofty about CJ Stroud. And like I'm not seeing that today, and I haven't seen that this week. I saw that last week. Oh, it's just one game. Oh, CJ Stroud, this CJ Stroud, that one game. Don't overreact, Homer hats. Not seeing that this week. Saw that last week. But Kenny Pickett and Steeler fans were optimistic about his progress and his potential going into year two. And I think that was fair because he finished the season strong. I thought he was going to have a decent year two. Decent. But in his entire rookie year, I know he didn't start every game, but Trubisky started early. In his rookie year, he didn't do things that C.J. Stroud is doing. He wasn't like capable of doing the things that C.J. Stroud is capable of doing, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah, Kenny Two Gloves to me was a guy that was going to do, he wasn't going to lose the game for you while your defense would win it for you. And that, you know, he would be more of kind of a, a structured system guy and a game manager. So the ceiling was different. The ceiling you're seeing that you're trying to figure out how high it goes with Stroud is the fact that 
I don't think you're ever going to see Pickett with the the ability to put touch on the football the, the way that Stroud does. I don't think that you're going to see the ability to, to to read the defenses and move and slide the pocket and do the things that CJ does from Pickett. And I don't think that's what it's, the system matters too. But I just think that you've already seen kind of what the ceiling could be for Kenny Pickett. And I don't know if we know what the ceiling is going to be for CJ Stroud right now. Seven, I think it's. I think it's top five in the league. I think his potential in his ceiling is top five quarterback in the NFL, quite frankly. That's his potential. He's not playing. I mean, he might be playing there. He might be playing to a top five quarterback in the NFL already. 713-780-ESP. And having a franchise quarterback, having a C.J. Stroud, it makes you what? Things you trust in a quarterback. You have a quarterback you trust in now. If you don't, I'd love to hear from you. 713-780-3776. But what does a quarterback you trust give you as a fan of your NFL team? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you get good people at Apollo Men's Health. Look, Apollo Men's Health can help you in a variety of ways. If you want more energy on a daily basis, they got you. If you want to lose weight and you want to get on a workout program and chart your results, and do all those kind of things, they got you. If you don't have the time to get to the gym, but you're interested in losing weight and they, you are interested in the possibility of losing up to six pounds every week without even going to the gym, thanks to new FDA-approved semi-glutide, they got you. Three locations to better serve you. They got two near downtown Houston. They got one in League City. And they're always going to look out for you. That's what I love about them. Go to ApolloMH.com right now. Check out the website. See all the different services they offer. If there's a couple that interest you, sign up right there on the website for your first appointment. You'll find out most major insurance is accepted. There's discounts for military personnel and first responders. Mention my name, Joel Blank, on your first official visit. You can get a body composition analysis so you can chart and monitor your progress, like getting your body fat to go down and your muscle mass to go up and all the important numbers making sense. Or you can get the the B12 shot, which is one way you can get more energy from week to week. It's a phenomenal place where they really care about their patients. And, and, And I can't tell you how much of a benefit they've been to me and several others that I know that have personally gone there, including people here at the station. You can be next in line. Check them out and tell them I sent you by. It's going to be worth your while. Go see the people at Apollo Men's Health. 713-780-ESPN. He's Blank. I'm Branham. Having a franchise quarterback gives you what, Blankers? Hope playoff aspirations, just thinking you have a chance to win every Sunday. What does a franchise quarterback give you from the local team? It gives me confidence week to week. It gives me confidence that no matter what the other team is bringing at you, home or road, that I'm confident that C.J. Stroud and this Houston Texans team is not going to get their doors blown off and look embarrassing and look overmatched. And the fact that you have a guy that you believe in means that you start believing in the whole organization again. We talked about all the fans that jumped off the bandwagon and and couldn't escape fast enough with all of the just hellacious things that were happening around this team. And now you see so many people that can't wait to get back on. So many people that as apprehensive as we talked about because it just doesn't seem seem real yet Mm -hmm. because it's happened in such a short period of time. But you have so many people that feel like, hey, the time is now. Now I really can firmly believe again because they have the guy that I wasn't sure that they had. And they also got a leader in D'Amico. And they've got guys that, whether they do it like vocally and demonstratively or not, the results on the field are what you were talking about earlier that I was thinking about going into the show today. Structure. System. Organization. These are things that we couldn't say for the last two-plus years, and we were wondering if they were ever going to get them back. Now they're all here in one big box where you go, 
Can't wait to open it this week and see what we see. Yeah, it feels it feels fake. It Crank, does. Crankshaft says having a franchise quarterback gives fans hope and gives the team respect. Ocho, a quarterback I can trust, gives me hope of overcoming some team flaws. He also provides a comfort level that some pitchers like Christian Javier doesn't even. We're gonna go there for him. Ocho, yeah, he like he'll go he'll go Javier shots from anywhere from from left field from the top rope. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. What does it bring to you, Joe? Franchise quarterback? Because you haven't seen one since Rex Grossman since my probably. life ever. Rex, uh, sexy it Rexy. Me, it gives me this feeling in my my stomach that I woke up with today that I should go on the radio and say it doesn't matter if they win the division or not. The Texans are going to make the playoffs this year. That's what it makes me feel. What? They just beat a team that because supposedly a wild card team, Because right? that's how Maybe. I feel. Outside. I woke up today. You know, I, did, I looked at the standings four weeks into the season. I looked at them yesterday. And the Texans would be in the playoffs. They would be. Somehow the tiebreaker favors them. Somehow. I don't know how exactly, but it does. 713-780-3776. Out to the HRMP listener line. Mark, you're in the hive. What's up, Mark? Hey, how y'all doing, man? Hey, it was a great win yesterday, man. We actually look like we got some heart on the team, and we look fast and speedy. But I wanted to give a shout-out, man, to Justin Berlander, man. JB came in back to Houston, man. He pitched us into the, pitched us into the, to the playoffs. And also, man, Breggy. Breggy's back talking mess, man. He's back talking <laughs> mess, and I love it. All right, man, I'll take it out there. Yeah, have a good day. Appreciate it, Mark. Isn't it a good time to be a fan of sports in Houston? It's a great like, day to be a Houston sports fan yesterday alone. The Astros are going to the playoffs for the seventh straight year. They won the division. They beat the Mariners and the Rangers for it, who we can't stand in this city. Um, they're about to you know, embark on another potential run. We'll see how far it goes. And then the Texans feel like they're relevant again in the NFL. They have a franchise quarterback in the NFL. They have a guy at the quarterback position you feel can be top five in the NFL. That's going to lead you to postseason. You have a head coach that's competent. And that's not fair for D'Amico Ryans to just put it at that. Because I think D'Amico is even higher than, like, obviously he's higher than that. I was thinking about this on the drive-in today, too. Uh, Like, D'Amico versus other sharp head coaches or really good play callers around the NFL. I, I, it's weird. We we never fell up for the Lovey Smith trap like a lot of people in the city did. Oh, he won the press conference. The Texans have competency again as their head coach. Did you ever feel comfortable with Lovey Smith matching wits with like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, all of these really good OCs? Obviously, you didn't think of that about David Culley, and he wasn't calling plays on either side of the ball. D'Amico Ryans, and look, he's not going to win every single week. He didn't with Shane Steichen. I thought Steichen beat him in week in week two from an offensive play caller versus defensive play caller. But I feel like you have a fair fight. D'Amico showing up every single week calling defensive plays against any OC in the NFL, including the McVeighs of the world, the 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 the, uh, the Mike McDaniel, the Mike McDaniel's of the world, the all of them. Where I didn't feel like that with Lovey Smith. So like you have a staff that you feel can scheme up victories. I haven't felt that way since Kubiak. I never felt that way about O'Brien. That's why I no, never but- got bullish about O'Brien's Texans, because I never had faith that O'Brien was going to scheme you to victory. I think Kubiak was the last offensive coach, play caller, OC, and you could even say Kyle Shanahan because he was an OC under Kubiak. That's the last time I felt like a Texans coaching staff could out-scheme the other guy. Yeah, and this was at a time when Kubiak's offense wasn't what offense in the NFL is today, in today's NFL. But when you had Lovey Smith, you, you had guys literally that were playing old school smash mouth defense against this new age, new waved, you know, pull out all the strings offense that I don't think no matter what you were hoping out of that text, those a Texan team where a defense is coached by Lovey Smith, they had zero chance, in my opinion, of being able to stop any other team. 
They might, from a series or two, slow them down. The old school doesn't match up well with the new school ways of receivers in motion and moving the pocket and the RPOs and all the things that happen. You have a guy now that is scheming new school football on both sides of the football because you obviously took a guy from the Shanahan tree in Slowick that knows what he's doing, and D'Amico's done nothing but show you over his career as a DC and now as a head coach that you give him some guys to work with and some pieces to move around that he can scheme defensively to be able to slow teams down. And so that's why you feel so confident in this squad because you're playing new age, new current football and modern football in the NFL as the, as opposed to where you were playing like in the dark ages with Lovey Smith running your defense. Yeah, I mean, D'Amico shows up, calls plays. I think he can match wits with some of the better offensive play callers in the NFL. I think Sloick can do the same thing. Never felt that way about Lovey. Never felt that way about David Culley's staff. And frankly, I never felt that way about Bill O'Brien's staff. Like, maybe you can throw in a Romeo in there some years, a Wade Phillips there some years, although that was under uh, Kubiak. But it makes you feel pretty good. 713-780-3776. Back out to the HRMP listener line. CJ, you're in the hive. What's up, CJ? Chris. Or Chris, my bad. Chris, Oh, hey. Um, no worries. Hey, guys, I want to say um, having a confident uh, offense and defense actually uh, allows me to pay attention to the games. Uh, the past few years, you know, it, it was either offense or going uh, – one drive and done, and then the defense just get ramped over uh, for the next uh, five, six minutes. And then it came to a point where my wife actually felt comfortable to do her nails while the Texas game was on. And this weekend, I had to actually call my wife and tell her to turn back around. So that's that's something good, you know, tell her to come back, turn back around and watch the boys, and I could go hot up in my office and watch the game in peace. Thank you, guys. Thanks for the call, Chris. Look, I, I think that's part of it too, Jeremy. It's appointment football again. You know, Sundays used to be, of, oh, I'll have the Texans game on, or if I got this and that to do, I'm going to get that stuff done. I'll have it on the radio. I'll check it on the car. Maybe I'll check back in on the red zone or something like that. But you're, it wasn't appointment football like it used to be. Now it's getting to the point where, because you have confidence that every week they got a fighting chance and you want to see what are they going to do this week to look better than they were a week before, that it's more of appointment viewing again that it hasn't been in several years. Yeah, it is. It's it's fun to watch the Texans. Like, it used to feel like work to watch the Texans. Yeah, now it's fun it was. to watch the Texans. Like, I watch them on Sunday. I'll watch the condensed game Monday morning, and then I try to watch the All-22 on Tuesdays. The condensed game and the All-22s last year were, like, pulling teeth. I'd rather go to the dentist than do that last year, but I felt like I should do it for, for the job that I have. This year, it's fun. Like, I, look, I wake up looking forward to that, and it's yep. because of C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans. And uh, everybody, the complimentary pieces, too. I mean, I want to see Tank Dell. I want to see – and that's the other thing with Slowick is, in terms of the, the game planning, it's one thing week to week, but it's the other thing of the chess match within that, too, that says, well, if, if Pittsburgh saw that you used Tank Dell all over the place and was a primary target, Pittsburgh's probably going to key pretty hard on Tank. So he kind of went away from Tank a little bit. He still got him involved. But he went and moved it and mixed it around in terms of the targets and who he was going to try and take advantage of, too. I think it's another kudo to slow, kudos to Slowick in the fact that he spreads it around so that you can't just say, kind of like we heard previously, like Lamont said, oh, he's just going to throw one way in one direction. That's his primary target. You don't know who his primary target is from week to week. No, he's going to spread it around. And that's why Stroud had a big game this week. That's why Tank had a big game two weeks ago. It's because they're going to take advantage of mismatches. They're going to, And Stroud's the type of quarterback going to take what the defense gives you. Even Brevin you Jordan a week ago when we didn't expect seeing that. Yeah. 713-780-3776. Most people, the answer to this question, the what does C.J. Stroud bring your organization, the, the most popular answer here is hope. 
is hope. And I think that's a fair one because hope doesn't mean that you win the division this year. It doesn't mean that you win 10 games this year. It means that you have hope with where this direction's going. And I do. I have hope with where this direction's going. I feel confident they're going to get there at some point. I think they can hope and this confidence are, are exactly what I you want so. at this point in where this team's going in this rebuild. 713-780-3776. Every Monday, you can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask. It's our Mailbag Monday, 713-780-3776. What do you want to ask the Bees and maybe even Joe? It's uh, next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 97.5. Two five. I know that what you need to be doing this weekend, Rocktoberfest and Beer Fest, coming up this Friday. All starts Friday, Rocktoberfest does. Beer Fest is on Saturday. But at Rocktoberfest on Friday, get ready for everything that's right about rock and roll. This band is really loud with really big hair. The Velcro Pygmies will then take the stage to rock out with hits from Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, Poison, and more. Continues on Saturday, Rocktoberfest does, as the day gets started with dance and variety band Yelba. Journey tribute band Escape wraps up the night, and then Rocktoberfest concludes Sunday with a bang. Houston's hottest cover band, The Slags, performing today's hottest hits. The classics and everything in between. See the full band lineup at KemaBoardWalk.com. Then make plans for Beer Fest this Saturday from 2 to 5 p.m. It's the craft beer fest you've been waiting for. 24 breweries and 72 craft beer samples. Buy tickets in advance at KemaBeerFest.com. You get a $5 discount for doing so. The full list of breweries can be found at KemaBeerFest.com. But Abita will be there. Parrish will be there. Woodchuck Cider and many, many more. If you're looking for something more family-friendly, bring the family to Boo on the Boardwalk. Have a spectacular time the whole month of October at the Haunted House. Live music, spooky movies, arts and crafts, trick-or-treating, and more. Go check out the full schedule of events and concert lineup at KemaBoardWalk.com. It's KemaBoardWalk.com. You've got mail. It's Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. Something's in the bag. Mommy? Mommy? What's in the bag? Oh, what's in the box? Who's in the box? Mailbag Monday. Ask the Killer Bees whatever you want. He's blank on Branham. 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Jesse, what's your question for the Killer Bees? I'm not sure if any of you guys went to the Texans game this weekend, but why the hell are there so many Steelers fans in Houston? Good question, Jesse. I did not go. It's tough for me to get out on a Sunday. They travel well. I mean, across you, this isn't just a Houston problem. Across the country, the Steelers fan base is one of the strongest known to the NFL. And the bigger question is, how do they get all the tickets? But I think that, again, it's, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. Until there's a full believability in this team, again, from the fan base... Tickets are going to be accessible, secondary marketplaces, things like that, and you get a, a fan base that, that travels well. So I don't think that's a knock on, on Houston per se because they're just kind of getting people to come back on the bandwagon. It's a credit to the Steelers fans. Yeah, I think that the Texans scorned a lot of football fans in the city, quite frankly, and a lot of people feel like, you know, we've seen this before, hope, and then all of a sudden it's right down the tubes. Like, I feel like there is a, a certain level of buy-in. Like, it takes a while uh, for everybody Proof. to show yeah. up and to be there and be loud and be supportive. It's going to improve and improve. I bet you it's better the next home game than it was this past home game. But we saw it even with the Astros. Like, when the Astros were losing 100 games and no one was going to the ballpark and no one was watching the games, it took a while for people to be, oh, yeah, this is a winning organization. We need to be there each and every time. And then you do it over 
over a period of time, and then you build one of the most loyal fan bases that exist in sports with the Astros. Texans can do that same thing, but it's going to take a lot of time. It's like somebody that you've lost trust with, right? You might trust them again someday, but it's going to take a long time. It's like Christian Javier until he gives you multiple starts where you believe again. Or J.P. France, the first time he's pitching, you're like, oh, God. But now when, you know, then you go through the stretch where he was so good for so long when you really felt good about him pitching. But there was a lot of time where people felt really good about the Texans week to week, day to day. And then all of that was thrown out the window with a couple of bad people in bad years that now it's going to take one more than one week against the Steelers to convince a lot of people to come back on and then stay there. 713-780-3776. Mailbag Monday with the Bees. Let's go back out to the HRP listener line. Chris, what's your question for the Bees? Yeah, what's going on, Joel and Jeremy? Hey, in all your guys' days of calling sports on the radio or TV, have you guys ever blamed the other team's manager for not playing their best players? <laughs> And that prevented your team from making the playoffs. Have you guys ever done that before, like Dave Raymond? (laughs) I'll go first. I mean, I don't know that. I think there's been times when we've looked at situations and thought, why is Greg Popovich sitting his entire roster in a game that we sorely needed when I was with the Rockets? But, I mean, you kind of, you mentioned the fact that this is going on and then you just deal with the game that you have to call. And the consequences, I heard quite a few of these about the Rangers like yesterday. Yeah, I heard that. I heard what um, Dave Raymond said. He's just complaining that, you know, that Arizona didn't field their best. Actually, it was C.J. Nikowski first. It was like, hey, you know, no Walker, no Corbin Carroll. And then Dave Raymond was like, well, you know, some people feel like there's a managerial obligation for somebody to play their best players in this type of scenario. No, Arizona's a playoff team. You know what Arizona's obligation is? Is to make sure their team is at their best on Tuesday. I thought it was uh, I thought it was whiny, which oh, do we expect whiny. any less from the Ranger broadcast team? We do not. Uh, 9458, why did it take five weeks to find beer to co-host? Why not hire one of the other guys he had on? I didn't even know who it was. I had no clue who they were hiring. I'm glad that Michael Carroll is here. It's not Michael Carroll. It's Michael Connor. I'm glad that Michael Connor's here. Shows you how much I know. I heard that Beard just picked the one that he liked the most. That's all I. That's all I, I heard. I, I thought he just picked the one that liked all of his tweets about uh, positivity and weightlifting. Could be. Could be. Do you know anything more, Joe? Yeah. You're, you're assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, it's weird. I, I heard it's because there's a radio station in town that intends to p- uh, pay its low-level employees poverty rage- wages and then put them on non-compete clauses for no reason. That can't be it. It's probably mm. my, I think it's yeah. more our answer than Yeah, it I mean, like, you know, answer. paying someone like, you know, $11 an hour to produce your afternoon show and then be like, oh, yeah, we can't, we can't keep you. That's why you downgraded in terms of letters, but you upgraded in dollar signs. <laughs> Joe, you know what that all also the, sounds like? Only the best and finest. A lot of signs. <laughs> but you know, it's, 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 queer, it's weird, but I also, I don't know if you guys have heard this one before, too, but it sounds like when another station in town gets good interviews that come on and do really well, that you feel like what you should do is just try and steal them away by paying them instead of trying to get your own. I don't, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I don't mind that. <laughs> Heard us twice. More yeah, I mean, twice. literally, I did it to you guys yeah. last year. Yeah, you did. It was literally my work. Imitation. I think the both times. I hate it. form of flattery. Like, I mean, I don't know. Key from L.A. How did the Killer Bees feel about this whole Taylor Swift celebrity sightings at the NFL games? Now, what direction do you think the NFL is going with this? Uh, have you seen their Twitter profile? They're capitalizing. They're, I heard that they took it off. Yeah, it said like the Chiefs are two and zero, or the Swifties are two and zero, something like that. I think it's nice of Taylor Swift to make the NFL relevant. Like people might actually watch the Super Bowl this year 
if the Chiefs are in it. I mean, they're riding the wave like any smart professional organization should do. And oh. so they're riding. It drives me nuts, but they're riding the wave. She's still on there. She's their banner pick. Taylor Swift is. Taylor Swift is the backdrop picture of the NFL Twitter. And here wow. Aaron Rodgers thought genius. he was going to be when he decided to show up. That's genius of the NFL. I don't. I like it. I honestly, I think uh, I like the collision of pop culture and sports. It's weird, but it's. I, I enjoy it. I'm here for it. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Back out to the HRMP listener line. Kyle, what's your question for the bees? Hey guys, my question is. What's got to happen to my U of H football program so they could be enjoyable to watch like the Texans are now? I, it, it's killing me. Year after year, I buy tickets, and by week four, it's not even fun to watch the games. Kyle, I encourage you to keep buying tickets. Keep being a good fan. Keep uh, spending that money so we can get the resources and all that stuff to be competitive. Uh, it'll come with time. Uh, I'm bullish on the future of Houston Cougar football. I think that this is a fertile recruiting ground. I think that this uh, program is going to be good across the board. Like It's hard to be in the Big 12 in year one and roam in one day sort of thing, but I'm still very, very bullish on not only the football program, but the athletic program across all sports. Look at how great the basketball program is now. But it didn't happen overnight. But it will happen. And now you're taking my big takeaway from Kyle's call is the fact that you're going into a bigger, stronger conference, and you've got to get bigger and stronger, too. It's not going to happen overnight, but I think you've got the right people in place to make it happen over time. But it's not necessarily a rebuild, but it's kind of a reload where you've got to get to be to have the same kind of personnel as the rest of the conference. No, they'll, they'll get it figured out. They'll get it figured out. Stay in there, Kyle. Show your support. Continue to do so. 713-780-ESPN. HRP listener line 713-780-3776-1592. Which team's head coach will be on the hot seat and will poach Slowick? Uh well, I think the there's a couple leaders early in the clubhouse. I think you need to watch some people think Cincinnati very closely. <laughs> I don't think that Slowick's going to be one and done. I just don't see it. Remember we talked about that when we were talking about in the coaching search? Yeah, I don't. To me, it's a good problem to have. I want an offensive coordinator who is sought after. I don't want an offensive coordinator that I'm firing in two years. Tim Kelly, Pep Hamilton, blah, 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 blah. I want an offensive coach that gets promoted. That means that you had really good success and something really good happened. So I will always be okay with a coordinator of mine being poached to be a head coach. I mean, something really good is, is going on. I don't see that happening after year one. I think that's way too premature. Yeah, I would hope it doesn't happen. But the thing that when we talked about when they were doing the coaching search is if you got a defensive-minded head coach and he brings in a good offensive coordinator and you have a franchise-type quarterback and they have success, everybody's already going to be looking at your guy. And then you wonder, hey, can the franchise quarterback that you have that did so well adjust to the fact you're going to have a new playbook, a new scheme, and have to kind of basically start from scratch again? Or you just hire the same scheme. Yeah. Well, I thought about that, too, that you'll just poach into another Shanahan OC or, yeah. or, or you know, a coach like that. I'm kind of surprised that that's your answer on Slowick, considering how much this show loved Ben Johnson. I did love Ben Johnson. And that was his first year ben as Johnson. an OC last year both for did. the Lions. Yeah, but it's really hard. And where is Ben Johnson head coaching? Like, it does but, not happen that often. But he chose he not did. to be head he, coach. He could have been a head coach if he wanted to, I believe. I mean, like, he, like, Bobby Slowick's name is hot and bears Twitter right now. That's so weird to me. But but can I ask you a question? Would they Would they... Pull out on Eberflus that quick? I mean, yeah, yeah. I think okay, he's, I think he's I mean toast. he's three and eighteen. So similar to I mean he's the worst Nathaniel Hackett. You're not. There's not going to be any qualms about how much money's left on the contract or anything. Just pull out, be done, and get somebody better. I don't know. I'm gonna. I, I left. I left. I was gonna say your ex looked pretty good I, I after you left. 
Oh, yeah, they did? Did they win? No, they didn't win, exactly. but for a while there, they looked really yeah. a they, lot better. They lost at home to one of the worst teams in the NFL. Moral victories went out the window like two years ago. Is it ago. safe to say it wasn't Russ's fault? Russ had pretty good numbers early, especially early on yesterday. He's, they he's, won. He's played okay so far. Yeah, but season. I'm just saying, a lot of people are still calling him one of the worst, if not the you know the second worst team in the league. I thought Russ looked a lot better. I didn't watch any of that game. Like even when it came on the red zone, like I like canceled out of it. Like I, I swiped screen. Actually, I, I have a screen up on the red zone channel, and then I swipe it over to like my Twitter. I was swiping it over to my Twitter whenever that happened. Three three seven six still upset, giving our first rounder for Will Anderson. I think that it's still a work in progress. We still got to see what happens by the end of the year and where everything you know shakes out. I said I hope that I my ill feelings and worries and concerns are you know something that was just me being overreactive. I didn't like it at the time. I'll see if I like it at the end of the year. How much did you notice Will Anderson yesterday? Well, on the fumble return for a touchdown, you did until it was called back. All for not. Well, and he was also chasing the play. How much did you did you notice Will Anderson yesterday? Uh, a lot less than Jonathan Grenard. A lot less than Jonathan well, John Grenard. Grenard was all over the place. Will Anderson. This is a conversation that, quite frankly, I was trying to avoid. But since we're asked and we answer questions that were asked, C.J. Stroud with Jameer Gibbs or one of these rookie receivers and Sam Laporta sure would look nice. I'm just saying, I, the jury is still out. Texans keep winning games. The further and further we go away from this being a, a fleecing, things like that. And I know that the Will Anderson like advanced stats are really good, like getting double teamed, top five in the NFL or whatever. His pass rush win rate, very, very high. I feel like Dusty Baker with this, though. Like I don't want pass rush win rate. I want sacks. Yeah. And like I haven't seen Will Turnovers. Anderson really yeah. get home. Do I think it's going to come? Yeah, I do. Some of the advanced numbers really favor Will Anderson. That's great. Uh, if the Texans keep winning games, though, it makes that trade much, much easier to mm-hmm. swallow. But which first-round rookie are we enamored with? After four games, CJ easily like you, you like the will like if we said they're joined at the hip too. They are, but if you're like, well, this trade was excellent because CJ Stroud is great. No man, that's not how it works. They drafted CJ at two, traded up for three. Now I still think Will is going to be very good. I'm still bullish on Will. Texans win ten games and they're picking in the twenties. Then whatever, then whatever. But let's see how it plays out. I'm still watching that. And look, how much did you see Will Anderson in that game yesterday wrecking that game? Did he get extra attention? A little bit. A little bit. John Grenard was really good. All right, that's it for Mailbag Mondays. Uh, Junior Broncos, real quick, uh, wants to sneak one into the gun. Uh, wants to ask you, Joe, what he thinks the Cubs will do in the playoffs. <laughs> Not a lot. God, it's a low blow. You know what Cubs stand for? It's an acronym. Completely useless by September. Ouch. Sorry, Joe. Except for one year, yeah. Sorry, Joe. All right, I believe Mondays. What do you believe after the college football weekend? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. One thing we need to tell you about. You might have been in a car wreck over the weekend. Hopefully not. But if you were, you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. I know that always makes you kind of nervous, right? Calling a lawyer. They're expensive. They're pricey. Not with Hollingsworth Law Firm. You do not pay till you win. No, that's absolutely right, Jeremy. And the better thing about this, too, is it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a lawsuit per se. It could be insurance companies. You know insurance companies are trying to pressure you at all times to try and get what they want, not what you need, and put you in a bind, and you always walk away. Maybe you're still bumps and bruises, literally, but figuratively, you feel like you got beat up because the insurance company won, and you didn't get what you deserved. That's not the way it works with the Hollingsworth Law Firm. Whether it's insurance companies or actually taking to task the person to blame for the accident, they 
they are going to make sure that you know they are in your corner fighting for you and getting you what you deserve. Don't pay until you win. The team at Hollingsworth Law Firm will fight for what's rightfully yours. Do not let the insurance companies run you over. Call Hollingsworth Law Firm right now at 713-999-8773. That's 713-999-8773. And you can also visit the website at carwrecktexas.com. That's carwrecktexas.com. I believe Mondays. What do you believe after watching some college football this weekend? 713-780-3776. Ocho, this isn't quite college football, but it's very, very close. And because Ocho always texts us these things, I feel like we owe it to Ocho to read one of them on the air. North Shore beat the heck out of high-powered state-ranked C.E. King team that beat Allen at Allen. This week they play state-ranked Summer Creek. Let's go! So Ocho learned, learned that North Shore can potentially beat Summer Creek. I, I'm assuming that game's Friday. Most high school football is, but some's not. I honestly believe that for the first time in a long time, I feel like it's wide open for who could win the national championship this year. Right. I looked at Georgia against Auburn, and I thought, my God, Auburn, legitimately, I thought, well, they might be there earlier. They might hang at halftime like they did. When you looked at that entire game, Georgia's beatable. Georgia is not the dominant team like we've seen with the Georgias and the Alabamas before that, the Oklahomas, to where we might have a really enjoyable playoff to watch where anything could happen in some of these matchups as we get down the line. I think that's exciting. I think it's pretty wide open as well. Um, <clears throat> Georgia looked beatable by a team that I don't think is all that good. Uh, after that, like is Texas back? I'm going to save another team that I'm going to talk about for a second because it's my I believe. I don't think there is a dominant, clear-cut runaway best team in college football this year. Which is fun. Yeah, it's fun. I love it. I think for ratings though, it's a little bit better to have that dominant team. I would say this. I think it I think there's a chance and we're hesitant to use this team as the dominant team in college football because they play in a league that we sometimes think is overrated. If there's a dominant team in college football, actually I think it's Michigan. I hate that. Sorry. They're loaded, man. Like the amount of talent that they have on both they sides are. of football of the football is ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I'll, I'm not going to say I was wrong yet, but my goodness. I'll say it. Okay. Yeah, you do it all the time. <laughs> I, I looked at SC, and as good as their offense is, my God, you guys might be right about that, that defense. See, that's, what oh, I was, that's the one that I was going to say. My, my, my first, I believe, USC's defense will cost them an opportunity in a national championship. I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know if it's a team in the Pac-12 that knocks them off or if there's multiple teams in the Pac-12 that knocks them off. I don't know if it's in the semifinal of the college football playoff. USC's defense will cost them an opportunity at a national championship. Yeah, I thought they were upgraded and better. I thought I could I could believe that they could at least get a couple of stops to keep minute. As good as that offense looked, especially in the first half when they just blitzed the crap out of Colorado and had them reeling, the fact that that was a seven-point game was an absolute just embarrassment for their defense. 8693, uh, I believe LSU has the worst defense of my lifetime. That's a pretty good that one. That was a bad loss. Was a bit of a barn burner. What do you believe, Joe George? I, I believe Notre Dame is going to beat USC. Ooh. I'll start there in two weeks. Where's Sam that ha- game at? South Bend or in L.A.? Uh, that's a good question. I actually don't remember for that one. He calls it's... himself a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> Doesn't even know where they're playing in two uh, weeks against the biggest game on their on their schedule. Uh, it is uh, do, 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 do. Notre Dame. This is what we call a T-shirt fan in the South business. Bend? Yeah, it's in South Bend. <laughs> well, you just said at Notre Dame. I wasn't sure if you knew where they play. Yeah, it's in South okay. Bend. Right. 
Or maybe they were playing like uh, somewhere else. That would be a fun else. game. I still think Washington's the best team in the Pac-12. So uh, Better than Oregon? Yeah. Washington State's not bad. The, Washington the, State Oregon State's a, not bad. For two years now, well, Washington State is better than people give them credit for. I believe that no one from the Pac-12 will play in the college football playoff. Because uh, they're going to beat each other up. I feel like the champion will. I, I feel mean, like the champion. The conference is going to be good enough to where it should be because the thing about Michigan is like they they play Penn State the third to last game of the season, then they have a nobody in their conference, and then they play Ohio State. Like if they don't run the table, the, like Penn State's good, Ohio State's good, Michigan's good, but only one of those teams will make the playoff. I agree with that. I, I think the Big Ten for the first time that Michigan Ohio State game is going to be the two best teams in the Big Ten, both of them. Yeah, and, and I think that's going to be a, a really interesting game. But I think whoever wins it. Is going to represent the Big Ten. They yeah. have the Pac-12 has six teams, half of their league. Wait, I don't know. They might have fourteen teams. I don't remember. Six teams in the Pac-12 are in the top twenty. That's insane. Yeah. Almost a thir- almost a third of the top twenty is from, in the from Pac-12. An, from an overlooked and 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 after aftermath type conference, the, the way yeah, they look, like, it's crazy. Like it's their last year of their conference, and this is the best year the Pac-12s ever. Going looked. out with a bang. I didn't think Bo Nix was as good as he's looked early when he left Auburn. Unbe- I can well, tell you that. Well, I'll tell you that. He's, he's not gotta that guy. He's got to be 32 guy. years old, right? I mean, he is He is 10 times the quarterback now that he was at Auburn. At Auburn, he was absolutely terrible. Yes, he was. And he's legitimately like an NFL prospect now, at least like maybe like a third, fourth rounder. But like he would never – he's an XFL quarterback when he left Auburn. USC, on their schedule, you mentioned in a couple weeks they take on Notre Dame. They got at number 10 Notre Dame in two weeks. They have Utah after that at home, who's number 18th in the country. Then their final three games of the year, they take on Washington at home, who's number seven in the the nation. They're at Eugene to take on number eight Oregon, and then they close out their year against UCLA. So they have six games left, seven games left. Of those seven games, four of them are in the top 20. Three of them are in the top wow. ten. Wow, the Utah games in L.A. at the Coliseum. Yeah, okay, that 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 at least is a, a bonus for them. That's tough. If they ooh, if they were on the road for that Utah game, they'd be in trouble already with that one. That's a hard place to play. But the no thing is, too, is like, is Cam Rising could be back by then too. Yeah, like that that Utah game could be totally different because he's a stud. But yes, like, he is. He just hasn't played yet. So like, if he's there, USC, I give him credit because like what their offense does, but that defense is so bad. It's it so is. Bad. I thought it was better, and it's not. Having watched that game against Colorado, I'm like, Ugh, I, I think I was wrong. Five nine eight four. I believe the winner of the Red River rivalry this weekend will make the playoffs. Well, then you believe Texas is bad. Eh, I mean, Oklahoma could run it. I guess. I, I'm not. Oklahoma a, I'm not score. Texas got a lot of talent. They do. They are really, really talented. I, I, I mean, I'm curious, Joe. You think Penix is going to finish in the top three in the Heisman? Yeah, I think right now, I think the Heisman right now, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, and Bo Nix. Sheesh. Like, you know who should be at the Heisman presentation as well? I believe Brock Bowers should be there. And I believe that Brock Bowers will be a top seven pick in next year's NFL draft. There's a lot of you guys that me watching right, him I think he'll be right around there. Didn't I they say Arthur the, Smith's already talking about him? That, that's got to be a troll. It's got to be a troll because it's got to be the whole Kyle Pitts thing. Because he drafted Kyle Pitts, I think, fourth, and yeah. they never use Kyle Pitts. That's yeah. a troll. It's got to be a troll. That has to be a Twitter rumor that ran wild. They were talking all over about how many times Pitts was open yesterday, and they just won't throw it. They, they just, he's, he's not getting the ball. I don't think Desmond Ritter can't. I don't think Desmond Ritter can. I agree with that. I think he's terrible. And I also don't think it's their offense. They want to yeah. run 50 times a game. And, and the other thing I you believe. Got a running back that could do it. The do. team and I feel. Maybe two. The team I feel the most confident about making the college football playoff, I believe it's Florida State. Like, yeah, because they're scheduled. I put them ahead of Georgia just because it's still the SEC. 
And, like, Georgia hasn't looked great, but, like, I think Florida State's going to roll that conference. Someone just texted in and says, I believe that Alabama will run the table. Mm, it's in play. I, it. I mean, it's in play. A&M this week, which should be fun in college station. Yep. You can listen to it here at ESPN 97.5. Fact. Uh, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, that weird off week where they played Chattanooga, and then Auburn. I think that's that's doable. Kentucky might be the most underrated team in the Boy, SEC, they look by good. the way. They look good Saturday, that's for sure. Old, old Stoops can coach there in Lexington. Yeah. I tell yeah, you what. That's a scrappy bunch right there. I think LSU gets right, and they beat them. Okay. I don't believe in the quarterback play at Alabama. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it it's is. a lot different than what they usually do. Like the whole Jalen Milrow thing. Like he's not really a great thrower of the football. And I think, they, and I think they also they have an offensive coordinator that doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, I think he's a little bit over. I think Tommy Reese is over his head. I, I think, think LSU's middle. got enough talent, and they still got five, some five stars on defense that'll do enough. I think LSU can beat them. I believe that the Red River rivalry will live up to its former name as the Red River Shootout because I think they're going to combine to score seventy points. I don't. I think this is going to be an offensive Only track. Only seventy. <laughs> the over under is like fifty. I know, but. Yeah, so only seven. Oklahoma scored 50 this weekend, didn't they? They're, this is going to be a shootout, I think. I think so, too. Red River shootout. Why can't we call it the Red River shootout anymore? Does it Because it's that shooting. I mean, it's, People want to cancel everything. I guess. That's sad if the Red River shootout got canceled. All right. Any other uh, by beliefs from you guys? It's kind of a tame weekend of college football. It was. I'm looking forward to this week. Okay, why? Well, I think I love the Red River shootout. Okay. I think it's one of the best. And I'm going to call it the Red River shootout. You I'm not going to call it the yeah. Red River rivalry because it's going to be a shootout this week. Uh, Georgia plays a such a terrible division. But the, Georgia does play in the terrible division of the SEC. But they have Kentucky coming up this week, which Kentucky just looked good. Ole Miss, Tennessee's on their schedule. And then they have the SEC title game. Like, it's not a cupcake. You know, it's not a cupcake no, schedule. Not. You know who else is sneaky? I mean, they're number 21 now. Mizzou's playing some good football yeah, this they year. Are. Not bad. Like, yeah. Mizzou's playing some good football this year all of a sudden. All right. Mizzou folks, are love that. they love their coach. Astros' regular season is over. It is over. What would you give the Astros' regular season grade? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.